Ladies and gents, welcome back to the Muscle Intelligence Podcast. We've got three amazing things we're going to dive into today, primarily focus around muscle building. If your objective is adding as much muscle as possible, there's three things that I think you need to focus on. One, how you train, how well you train. We're going to walk through some really, really important things that must precede hard training. We're going to walk through the conversation around balancing anabolism and catabolism. Ultimately, life is a dynamic flux between growing and breaking down. We just need to tip the scales toward anabolism. We're going to teach you exactly how to do that. And third, and maybe most important of all, is mindset. Taking a mindset of a champion. What does that look like? What does that feel like? How can you step into that? And so much more coming at you in just one moment. I just want to give a special shout out to our amazing show sponsor, Bubs Naturals. You guys know for four years now, I have been vehemently advocating Bubs simply as the best quality MCT and collagen that I can find. Something that goes into my body literally every day in my morning coffee. And uh, it's literally like magic. It's such an incredible way to start my day every day, whether I am podcasting, whether I am reading, learning, teaching, or training. Bubs Naturals MCT powder is my favorite way to get my brain lit up and make my coffee feel delicious. I add some collagen in there to improve my hair, skin, and my nails. And Bubs also has an incredible offer for you right now. Get hooked up with 20% off. Use the code MUSCLE when you head over to bubsnaturals.com. That's Bubs naturals.com b-u-b-s naturals with an s.com use the code muscle get hooked up now back to the show all right ladies and gents we're back we're going to talk a little bit about training and aiming toward this objective of adding muscle whether your goal is adding five pounds ten pounds or a hundred pounds of muscle it's all having to have this prerequisite right we have to have this foundation of uh, ultimately long for long-term progress so what does that look like? Well, as I said, we're gonna, in the intro, we're going to break it down to three major pieces. It's one, how you move and how you train are so imperative, right? So I've been recently having some discussions with people about this uh, dynamic conversation of like, well, how come some people can just work really hard and they grow and other people can't? And, and that's a great question, right? That's a legitimate question. That And here's the simple answer to that. Some people, whether genetically or whether because of a training history and athletic history, one, move really well. So they have great uh, control of the nervous system, they have great health of the nervous system. And two, they have great structural alignment, meaning their skeletal system is stacked, you know, the rib cage over the pelvis. So there's no weird, weird pelvic tilt. There's no slouching at the shoulder. And there's got no kyphotic curve at the spine. The head sits directly over the shoulder. Like all these basic foundational things, they can, they can access full ranges of motion, with stability and control. If that's you, maybe you've got an athletic background, maybe you have uh, trained in the past, maybe you just have a healthy nervous system, then by all means, hard work could be something that is, is gonna make the, a significant difference for you. Here's the thing, 90% of the people we meet aren't like that. There needs to be some precluding work, some precluding structural alignment to teach your body how to be balanced. Think about it like this, every joint has forces coming through it from every different angle, right? Muscles pull on joints, your pec pulls your shoulder forward, your rear delt and your rhomboid and your trap pull it back. And so we have these, these joint forces and if they're not balanced, it pulls things out of alignment. So as we're training, if we spend too much time on one and not enough time on the other, or even if we're just sitting or maybe our past, our history has, has predisposed us to being in a particular shape or posture, then that posture is going to express even more when you start adding more resistance and repetition on it. 
So uh, as someone who's been advocating intelligent muscle building for the last 10 years, that's really a simple framing for you. Most people can't look at their body and go, am I balanced or am I not balanced? Well, actually, you probably can. Maybe you just don't want to, right? Sometimes if you're looking at yourself, you know if you're in balance. And some people come to me like, hey, would you mind taking a look at my physique? Either they're looking for a, a you know, efficient for a compliment or they're looking for me to reaffirm something they already know. And so most of the time, most people have structural weaknesses or structural misalignments that are ultimately going to take away from their ability to one, build muscle long-term, two, do it without injuries and pain, right? So if you're someone who wants to build, injury, build muscle without injuries and pain, you have to be atten- you have to pay attention to structural alignment. Is my body aligned or is it malaligned? And if it's malaligned, that doesn't mean you can't build muscle. That simply means you're not going to do it effectively, efficiently, and ultimately you're going to run into plateaus and injuries. So my suggestion is learning how to kind of dynamically balance that first with proper exercise execution. Because what does that mean? If I'm, if I'm, uh, say I'm slouched forward at the shoulders and I go and do whatever is proper execution for me in that moment, then ultimately it's not going to be ideal, right? We're going to be, we're going to be stacking more muscle and more movement on top of a dysfunctional foundation. So that's not a good place to exist because ultimately you're just creating more dysfunction. So my suggestion is you have to learn to train correctly to balance out your body, right? What does that look like? Well, it depends, right? It depends on what you have, what you're expressing. And uh, ultimately we'll walk through down the more path here as to what you can, how you can understand it. So there's three ways or maybe three things that need to precede hard work. And I've talked about this a thousand times, mobility, stability, and skill. I need to have mobility to get into range. I need the stability to stay in ranges and I need the skill to be able to move with a high quality of motion, right? With a high quality movement. And once I can do that, then we can work hard. Then we can pull the pin and get after it. Here's the thing. Most people simply don't have the ability to do those things, right? If you're lacking mobility somewhere, I can guarantee you, if you work hard, one of two things is going to happen. You can develop imbalances or you can hurt yourself. Yes, you can build some muscle. There's no question. But the, the joke that I often say when it comes to my, my business is most people find me after they're 30, right? Why? Because before 30, you can train, you train with your balls. And after 30, you train with your brains. You become, you become aware of the fact that you can't train like an idiot forever, like a high school kid. No offense to any high school kids out there, but that's true. Like high school kids are taught by their teachers. They don't know anything. And they're just mindlessly trying to lift heart. And that's great. Sometimes it's terrible because it causes imbalances and pain. Um, but you get good results when you're a teenage kid because anything, anytime you do anything, you're like, oh, I'm, I'm, my body's responding to this new stress. But eventually, like you guys know, that always wears out. So if we have to start kind of dissecting, like how do I actually get this person to make long-term progress? So start assessing what is my mobility, stability, and skill. So mobility, can I get into the range? Stability, not only can I stabilize there, but if I was to apply force in any different direction, in an end range of motion, what's my ability to stay there? Right? Can I stay there? How much force can I overcome? How much force can I resist? So something I've been playing with a lot through a recommendation of my great friend, Andy, is um, like end range, end range motion, end range control, but also adding in just some kind of dynamic gyrations, dynamic pulses, almost like perturbations in the end ranges. And uh, it's been interesting to see like my shoulder pain's kind of gone away. My hip pain's kind of getting better. It's just interesting to see what the nervous system is doing. And I'm, again, I'm, I, I take an explorative mindset into every workout that I do now. It's not just about, hey, I want to be the biggest bodybuilder in the world. I take this, this like air of curiosity and go, what if I do this? And what if I do this? And what does that feel like if I, if I do this? And what result do I see with that? So really, and that's made, so everyone knows, like that's made exercise extremely exciting for me. It's really interesting to kind of explore what it feels like um, to not be attached 
to the outcome, but more be attached to the process. And it's like, what does this feel like? What does it do for me? Uh, it's been a fun journey for the last few years. And uh, I've probably enjoyed exercise again, more than I have since my early twenties, simply because I removed the attachment to the outcome. So I've been encouraging a lot of people to do this. Now it's challenging to do that because uh, most people are motivated by external goals and that's, it's a big thing to have an external goal. Um, but uh, things you need when, when you go in with an area of curiosity, you need to have a foundation of understanding of exercise principles. Otherwise you're just going to be kind of playing, which is not anything wrong with that. But I think if you want to make progress, you need to be able to understand the, the variables and principles of exercise. So taking guys a little bit deeper into what needs to happen to add muscle in the gym. Once you've got this, this called structural balance, this muscular system that's balanced. So when I say, when I think balance, I'm thinking like balanced joint forces, right? I have, I have the pack in the front pulling forward. I have the rhomboid rear delt and trap on the back pulling back. And all these things are pulling my joints or my yeah joints in some direction. And I want to have them relatively balanced. So that means if I notice an imbalance, I have to adjust my training accordingly. That doesn't just mean doing more, right? So if I, for example, I have very weak underdeveloped lower trap, doing more exercises for lower trap doesn't necessarily mean lower traps can do more work because often what happens is your body compensates. Your body goes, Hey, that thing doesn't work, but this other guy can pick up the slack. So your body goes, Oh, I'm going to just use this other guy who's much stronger in this position. Your body adjusts its mechanics to compensate. So the first thing, as I speak about kind of tirelessly is how you do it is more important than what you do, at least in the beginning. Right? So let's make sure we're doing things correctly. So here's the, here's the truth. So when I'm doing trap three stuff, which is like, you know, call it low, lower mid back. Right? So it's like, um, you know, maybe the, the nipple line, if you were to wrap around that to the back and as it kind of um, parallels or borders your spine, that lower trap, sometimes I'm using body weight, right? Sometimes I'm using the weight of my arms to put it above my head and that's enough. And that's enough to feel that muscle really, really deeply. And I make progress by adding more time first, not adding more load, right? So the, pro the progression model is I'm going to add some more time onto this thing. And it may go from 20 seconds to 30 and 30 to 40 and 40 to 60 and progressing through like that. So that's how we add time. And by adding time, we add endurance. And oftentimes by adding endurance, maybe we improve ranges of motion because we're spending time in the end range and spending time in the end range is a really probably the most effective way to improve mobility, at least as far as we know right now. So uh, if you're someone out there who lacks mobility, I know it sucks to, to do the boring stuff, but guess what? If you ever want to have a hope of building long-term sustainable muscle, that's the key. It's absolutely the key to, um, you know, long-term injury-free sustainable muscle. Like it's so much easier to train when you're pain-free. It's so much easier to lift heavy and work hard when you're pain-free and your body's aligned. Right. So rather than just kind of beating yourself over the head and continue to hurt your elbows and your shoulders and your knees and like, and just think it's par for the course, right? Every guy I talked to has been training over 20 years. Like, oh, I got this injury, I got that injury. And it's like, yeah, it's kind of part of being a bodybuilder. I was like, no, it's not, dude. Like bodybuilding is supposed to prevent that stuff. I find the less I train, the more my body hurts. The more I train, my body feels great. My body feels better and better because I'm doing it correctly. I'm using my muscles to move bones, which is what they're meant to do. So think about it like that as you're going through um, aligning your body. And this is what we call a primer phrase. We call, you know, this neurological primer is what I used to call it. Just effectively priming the nervous system to turn muscles on and make sure the muscles are doing what they're supposed to be doing. So think about it like this. First, I have to make sure the right muscle is doing the work, right? I have to make sure the right muscle is actually engaged and contracting. And that sometimes takes really, really light, really, really specific contractions. 
That's just reality. And if it does, and if it works, then uh, I can slowly, but intentionally progress. So I don't go from, from two pounds to 10 pounds. I go from two pounds to three pounds and three pounds to four pounds and four pounds to six pounds, right? We progress and we, we build intentional progress into the program. And that's the, se- the part that nobody wants to do. It's not sexy. Everyone wants to do, you know, I, want, I, want, I want to gain all the muscle and all the strength right now. And I get it. It's bad for your ego when people are watching the gym, when you're using the pink dumbbells, I get it. But guess what? If you want to build long-term progress, not just right now, right? No muscle is ever built in a single day. You just know that? Like muscle is a process. It's not a single event. So my goal is not to be my best today. My goal is to be my best so that I can improve tomorrow for tomorrow. And then I can improve for the next day, right? Like how can I, how can I make continuous progress? Like lay a foundation so my body knows what to do. And then what happens is you'll find that results become exponential rather than linear. People ask, hey, how do you put you know, 25 pounds of muscle on in six or eight months. Well, that's how, you know, it's by doing the really boring stuff for the first month and then saying, oh, geez, uh, I actually feel like it would feel really good. And that, that's probably the number one thing most people will say when they do my coaching is they say, man, you know what? I didn't realize one, it was this easy Two, I would feel this good because it's, you know, it's, it's, yeah, sometimes it's doing the boring stuff. And if you're willing to do the boring stuff, you'll make progress. It's like business, right? Or like anything really. It's like life. If you want to do the boring, if you're willing to do the boring stuff, you'll succeed. I think one of the reasons we don't do the boring stuff in society, I was talking to somebody about this the other day. I have this theory that if you have a child and you put them in front of a video game and a really fun action movie and all these great video games, like everything, it's just like actions, like things blowing up and a lot of music and everything's fast and exciting. I mean, say, Hey, go sit down and read a book, Billy. I'm like, Billy's like, what the hell are you talking about? Like, I can't do this. I can't slow down my brain. My brain, my brain's used to all these high, high paced, fast action things. And I'm going to slow down, like meditate or breathe. God, I can't even sit here for three seconds. Yeah, no shit. Because your body isn't able to do that. Well, that's the simple reality of training too, right? It's like kind of uh, committing to saying, hey, I know I can't do this. I know I'm not very good at this focus thing. Therefore, I'm going to do it more. I, if I can't, therefore I must, right? My, one of my most famous quotes, if I can't, I must. Like if I can't sit down to meditate, shit, I better, <laughs> right? If I can't sit down to do really, really slow, boring, methodical training, that's exactly what I need. The reason I started yoga when I retired from bodybuilding because I was 310 pounds and I wasn't good at yoga. I was terrible at yoga. It's like, okay, here we go. Let's get good at this. And it was the best thing I've ever done. It was very challenging for the first 18 months but it really helped me connect with my body and connect with my breath and improve my mindfulness and hopefully improve my ability to be a better dad and a better person. Anyways. So, you know, we, when I often talk about, it's kind of going a little bit of a tangent now, but I often talk about exercises ability to help you scale consciousness, to help you become more present and more aware and more conscious as a human. Do you see how that ties in? So if you start to, um, let's say we start to do really boring trap three raises, like lower trap raises, or we start to do um, I don't know, really methodical lunges or leg curls, or you pick the exercise. And instead of being, you know, mindlessly uh, going about it and just moving weight from point A to point B, I actually become present and focused and pay attention to how hard can I make this thing contract? And is this thing actually the thing that makes it makes the muscle move or the, the weight move? And you know, am I making it as hard as I possibly can in every instance and in every uh, inch? And simply doing that 
is so much, so many levels of presence. It's so many levels of depth of presence, isn't it? So rather than just um, you know having one gear, all or nothing, and then when I don't succeed, I kind of feel terrible about myself. I can turn exercise, whether it be yoga or muscle building or CrossFit or shake weight into a meditative experience. Sorry, I say that to be funny, but that's the reality. So hopefully that starts to make sense, guys. Your, your first priority in training should be this structural alignment piece. And when you join my coaching, this is the first thing we do for the first four to six weeks, depending how long you, you're uh, committed to coaching. Um, usually most people take a minimum four weeks. Some people take four, three to four months because it just depends, but we can, right? And, and it's, it doesn't, it takes specificity of movement. I should also say that just because I'm trying to learn specific movement in one body part doesn't mean I have to only do that in other body parts. So if there's certain things you really you move really well with, then do those things, do more of them, right? And use that for output. You guys have heard me talk in the past about skill acquisition versus output. I effectively categorize all exercises into two categories. I'm either using this for output, meaning I'm going to work, work hard because I do it really well. My alignment is there and I can, I can execute with precision or uh, skill acquisition, meaning I need to learn how to do this thing correctly. And, and the only amount of weight that matters is the one that I can use with perfect control, right? So this is the continuum. If you guys want to start to understand how to train correctly, that's the dynamic. It's either output or skill acquisition. And skill acquisition obviously is graded. It's like a progression. It's like, first, I'm using the pink dumbbells. And, and eventually I can use a lot more. Um, but guess what? Every year I have to, or I, I choose to relearn skill acquisition because in my vision or my eyes, acuity of movement, precision of movement matters tremendously in progress. So what we don't want to do is drive the car 200 miles an hour with bad alignment, right? So that the stronger we get, the more important our alignment is. The faster we get in a car, the more important our alignment is. So if we are someone who's squatting 500 pounds or 300 pounds or whatever is, is relatively heavy for you, that makes the alignment that much more important. Alignment then requires mobility, stability, and skill. So we've got to relearn that, right? So an example, if someone has, um, you know, let's say you can bench press 500 pounds, but your uh, skill is a little bit sloppy or your mobility or stability is a little bit loose, well, guess what? I hope you don't like your pecs because that tends to what happened, right? Yeah, sometimes it, those things can happen anyways, but uh, the likelihood of them happening goes up significantly when the skill isn't there or you lack mobility and stability to control it. So anyways, I'll move along to point number two because I don't want to be on here too long. So number two that I spoke about in the intro is this concept of the anabolic switch. And, you know, this is a really kind of vast overgeneralization but here's how, I, here, here's how I tend to frame this, or I did for a very long time. This is a true statement that your body is always in constant flux between building up and breaking down. It's never stagnant. I'm either growing or I'm breaking down. That's anabolism breaking or building up versus catabolism breaking down. Then my job as someone who's aspiring to build muscle is to just shift or tilt the, the scales in my favor of more anabolism more often. So I need to be paying attention to what things are anabolic and which things are not. And so what makes my body want to be in this recovery anabolic state? So now another good way to think about this, if you guys have heard me talk about heart rate variability, heart rate variability, this parasympathetic nervous system is literally the system of anabolism. It's literally this recovery, restore, digest, replenish system. So the more I stimulate the parasympathetic nervous system, the more that my body recovers, the more that my body grows and replenishes itself. 
And uh, conversely, the more I stimulate the sympathetic nervous system, the more my body is breaking down and kind of tapping into the reserves. And the way I think about it is like just kind of stealing from tomorrow. And listen, you want to have access to both. I'm not saying to be exclusively parasympathetic. I want to be the warrior and the monk, but I need to be able to access those things. And, and the more um, divergent those are, the, the more um, kind of polarized those are, the better. So I want to be able to access deep levels of warrior. Like I want to be able to go super intense, but then as soon as it's done, I need to be able to turn it off, bring me back into a centered, balanced place. I can't stay sympathetic all day long, maybe for an entire workout, but learning to kind of have these things exist in flux that you can control is a superpower. Why can I, why do I emphasize you can control because you can control your ability to turn up your sympathetic nervous system. It doesn't require pre-workout. You can recruit, you can control your ability to dial up your parasympathetic nervous system. It doesn't require, uh, I don't know, a, a, a theanine or a, uh, antidepressant or an anti-anxiety. I mean, maybe it does if you're, if you're someone who's clinical, but certainly people are using these medications to calm them down when in reality, they're just too lazy to learn how to do it themselves. Like it's, it's not cannabis that calms you down, right? It's, it's learning how to control your nervous system that calms you down. And again, you can choose to use cannabis and you want, but choose to use cannabis. Don't need to use cannabis. Right. And so there's a difference between, I need this because I have no other way of turning down my nervous system. And again, sometimes that's reality. And, and sometimes like, man, I need sleep. I'm going to take this thing. Cool. But if it's every day, that's when it becomes a problem. So learn then how to take control with daily action of controlling the nervous system. So this, this idea of this anabolic flux, how do, what are the things that influence that most, right? So someone who wants to put on the greatest amount of muscle possible, what am I going to tell them to do? The training frequency matters. I think one of the biggest mistakes people make in trying to build muscles, they don't train often enough. And I know that goes against what a lot of people say is like train less often, but just sit at home and grow. I simply don't agree. I think you want to, you want to uh, stimulate the, the anabolic switch more often. The amount that you do can change. You don't want to necessarily do massive amounts of volume, but you should, I think, be training more often. And, uh, you know, maybe the duration, of, as, as I say, of the workouts can be short, but uh, I think at least once a day, most days, and certainly there can be days off, but maybe it's multiple body parts once a day. For some people, I have them do training twice a day. And, you know, maybe it's just, hey, like one of the programs that I do with a lot of people who want to build muscle is I put them on a body weight program as well as a weight training program. So, hey, wake up in the morning, 200 push-ups. 200 squats, 200 lunges, and 200 sit-ups, maybe, maybe some inverted rows or something, right? So we kind of get this whole body pump, this whole body stimulus, and then they're going to train later in the day or, or vice versa. Maybe they train early in the day and they do their, their uh, body weight stuff later, but it's just like more signal, right? We're turning that we're flipping on the anabolic signal. And that makes such a big difference. Again, that's a kind of a little trick that I use with people who I know want to scale muscle quickly. It's been massively transformative for me and, and my clients. And again, it has to be done well, but that's how we, we focus on the anabolic switch. So let's think of some more things that are, that are kind of stimulating the anabolic switch. Sleep, get great sleep. How do you get great sleep? Well, do all the shit that you need to do to get great sleep. It's not rocket science, right? You guys know what to do. Most of us aren't willing to do it. Make sure your nutrition is not only adequate calories, but nourishing, right? We need to get nourishing food, micronutrients, uh, antioxidants, essential fatty acids, amino acids, all these imperative things that uh, ultimately uh, help the human system to thrive. 
It's not just about, hey, I'm trying to grow. I need my system to be healthy. You guys have heard me talk about this in the past. A healthy system is an adaptable system. If your system isn't healthy, it takes longer to adapt, or sometimes you don't adapt. And the whole goal of training is why do people take steroids? So they can recover faster, adapt faster, and grow, and get back in the gym and grow. Right? That's effectively it. But if we could turn our body into a healthy, balanced machine where it's like, yeah, man, I, I recover like so fast that I can get back in there and do it again that becomes a superpower, becomes an advantage. So understanding these anabolic switches, some other things, hydration is massive, right? Maybe there's other supplements out there that can be beneficial. I will say that there's this interesting kind of paradox around sleep because most people say, I got to eat right before bed, otherwise I'm going to be fasting for eight hours. No, you don't. Like you don't need to eat right before bed. That's a terrible idea. Two to three hours minimum before bed. And if you're someone who feels as though you're going to lose weight, if you maybe you're a really hard gainer, um, maybe doing some amino acids before bed is a good idea. Um, you could do a protein shake, maybe something that digests really well. What you don't want to do is, is take food in before you sleep because you're going to repress your deep sleep. Not a good idea. So anyways, guys, you could you guys can explore the, the kind of anabolic switch, the parasympathetic system, and ultimately understanding measuring your heart rate variability. So if your heart rate variability is low, you can automatically assume your body is spending more time breaking down than it is building up. And again, if your goal is body fat loss, maybe that's okay. But uh, most likely it's not. Even when your goal is body fat loss, I still think you should be more parasympathetic than sympathetic because it gives you greater access to training harder when you're training. The goal of training obviously is to be able to perform on a high level. And if you're not recovered, you can't do that. So if you guys aren't already tracking your HRV, the, you know, again, uh, the best way that I believe in tracking it is with the Aura Ring right now. So there are mechanisms out there that aren't um, as effective, if you ask me big fan of aura i've been using it literally since it first came out so uh shout out to aura and the third and final thing i want to talk about guys is mindset if you guys were on my webinar this week i did a live webinar uh free of charge this week talking about these exact principles i went a little bit deeper on some stuff but talking about mindset there's three things here that come out to me as as you know again there's many aspects of mindset but when it comes to building muscle three things that stand out to me and one i mentioned already is you gotta have clear goals you got to set a time-bound, very, very clear goal and move toward it. That helps you make decisions. Sometimes in life, it's so easy to rationalize why you don't have to do something because you don't have clarity on where you're going. If I know exactly where I'm going, it's so easy for me to make the right decision. For someone who's indecisive, it's a hard time making the right decision. You simply don't have clearly defined and high-impact goals, right? Things that really inspire you, things that really get you excited, they get you lit up. So sometimes I say people, the goals simply aren't big enough. Most of the time, people simply aren't big enough. Set goals that excite you, that make you enthusiastic to get up in the morning and ultimately attack those goals. Uh, second, I said last night to change your relationship with hard, right? Nothing is hard. Nothing is hard. And everything, maybe everything is hard until it's not, right? Everything, something that you do now was once hard and is no longer hard. And everything in life is simply not hard. I mean, there's very few things in life are hard. I often tell people that I've never worked hard a day in my life. And they look at me like, what? You you did so many great things. Yeah, but compared to what? Right? Compared to a Navy SEAL, am I working hard? Compared to somebody who's just done a 100-mile marathon or compared to someone who has to do these things? Is it hard? Right? It's all relative. So all you kids out there, hashtag and crushed it today. Uh, know that there's people out there laughing at you because you're not hashed, you're not crushing anything. I'm doing going there and do a 60 minute workout. I don't give a what you do. It's not hard. That's not hard. You get to do that, man. You're gifted. You're blessed. Say thank you. Like you know, it's not hard going into the gym and doing a controlled workout in a controlled environment. You're kidding yourself. But is it fun? Yeah, it's fun. Are you going to work? Sure, you're going to work quote unquote hard. Yeah, in the moment it's hard. That's great. But is it hard compared to what? Right. So 
count your, count your lucky stars, count your blessings and say, man, I'm so lucky I get to do this and push my body, but it's not hard. Like, don't fool yourself. Don't fool yourself to, to building your ego up to go, I'm doing something that's really, really hard. Cause that's bullshit until you go past, you know, Navy SEAL training or, or Delta force training. Like, I don't want to hear about hard. Right. And so you can't, until you don't have a choice. Like, I don't want to hear about hard. Anyways, there's, there's people out there having a lot harder time than we are. And again, sure, there's some stuff, tough, tough stuff in the world right now. There's no question. But nothing about training in, in an air-conditioned gym with fucking state-of-the-art weights is hard. Don't fool yourself. So change your relationship with hard. What's hard? Well, you decide what hard is. But I'll tell you what hard is not. It's not being hungry. Hard is not being hungry. Hard is not doing cardio in the morning. Hard is not doing an hour of cardio in a fucking air-conditioned environment. Don't kid yourself, right? So... Um, when something feels new or slightly uncomfortable, I call it a disturbance in the forest, right? I feel just a little uncomfortable. Like, damn, it's, it's like one degree too cold in here right now. Like, oh, God, that's, that's it's terrible. I got to put the heat on. Come on. Right? So change your relationship with that. And, and so when you feel something being uncomfortable, smile and go, ah, I'm adapting. I'm getting stronger. I'm getting better. Right? And is it going to happen overnight? No, but you got to be aware of it. And that's the concept of awareness we talk about, right? The workouts can make you more aware and make you more intentional. And the final piece that I want to talk to you about today before I let you go is beliefs. And your beliefs are manifest through your words or they come out and express through your words. So lose the victim words, right? So if you're someone who wants to build muscle, I can't, I don't know how, I have to, uh, I should. These things are victim words and, and they're small, right? They're small you words. We want to be, have big you words. I will, I will do my best. I will give it my all. I will uh, change my perspective of the word hard or my relationship with the word hard and uh, step into your greatness. Your words are an expression of your beliefs. So if you tend to use coward words or victim words or words that are not empowering to you, think about it, step into it, man. If you want to step into your greatness, you have to step through those victim words. And again, create a, a community in your life of accountability and someone who will hold you accountable in your words something I do with all of my clients and sometimes they don't love it, but that's one of the first agreements I make is uh, I say, I'm going to call you on your words because to me, your words are an expression of your unconscious mind. And if I can see what's happening in your unconscious through your words, I, it's, I owe it to you and, and uh, I owe it to ultimately to, to your success to help you and call you on it. So uh, create a, a community of accountability or join a community of accountability and ultimately learn to become more accountable for these things. And guys, there's so many things that go into transforming your body, but those are three things that come up to me that maybe are maybe the most important, right? Learning to balance the anabolic switch, learning to train really, really well, and ultimately learning to overcome the limiting beliefs, unlock the greatness that lives inside you by breaking down the walls you have in your mind. And uh, you can do anything, right? You can do anything, whether you think you can or you think you can't, you're right. You guys have heard people say that. The other thing that came up as a quote yesterday was, uh, Walter Payton saying, uh, when you're good, you tell everyone. When you're great, they tell you. And that should resonate with you deeply as something to aspire to, right? Everyone's looking for this instant gratification. Um, you know, I want to post on Instagram and I'll get a bun bunch of likes. Man, when you're great, people are going to tell you you're great. And I think people want are giving up long-term greatness for short-term gratification. And my suggestion is if you want to progress in life, if you want to progress in your body, if you want to progress in your business, even just in your character, Put your head down, do the work, and don't look for accolades. Realize it's not hard. Every time you tell somebody you worked hard, they're laughing at you. Really, the only person that cares is you. So put your head down, be humble, 
be kind, treat, treat each other well, lift each other up. This world needs more people who are doing kind things and lifting each other up. I'm very grateful for you being here, guys. Thank you so much for always tuning into the podcast. We've had incredible uh, feedback lately. Um, looks like you guys are sharing the podcast again, loving the podcast and loving these solo casts. So if that's true, head over to Apple Podcasts now, leave me a review and say, hey, Ben, we like these podcasts. Head over to YouTube and say, BPAC, we enjoy these podcasts. Tell me what you want to talk more about. If you comment in the YouTube videos or on Apple Podcasts and tell me what you want me to talk about specifically, I will. And as I said, I'm just really kind of going back and doing these reviews of muscle building stuff because that's oftentimes what people come to me. But the main thing that I'm focusing my time and attention on right now is helping get people results, right? And results to me is not just about the X's and O's of muscle building. It's about what, what else happens in this transformation process. So it's all the other things that go into transforming. And the big one, as many of you know, is, is the mindset piece. And I spent a lot of time, you know, doing mindset and performance coaching. And you know, if you're someone who has a strong mindset, if you have a, what we call a champion's mindset, you're going to succeed. You know, I can, I can tell within minutes of, of meeting someone if they're going to succeed or not. And here's why people who succeed set goals and move toward them daily. And that's literally it. And it's, it's like, if I set a small goal today and I accomplish it, Tomorrow, I'm more confident and I have more self-esteem to set a slightly bigger goal. And eventually, I have so many, so much momentum, I could set any size goal and I know I'll just achieve it. I don't know how I'm going to achieve it, but I know I won't stop until I do. And I encourage each and every one of you to become the type of person that sets goals and follows through. I encourage you to become the type of person that sets goals that make something of you to achieve them. Thanks very much for being here, guys. Thank you to bubsnaturals.com, our amazing sponsor for the show, a long time favorite of mine and most of the listeners or all of the listeners. If you guys haven't already tried Bubs, I strongly suggest you head over to bubsnaturals.com, B-U-B-S-N-A-T-U-R-A-L-S.com. Use the code muscle to get hooked up with 20% off for a limited time only. So don't wait, go now. Have a great day, guys. I appreciate you being here. Thank you so much for tuning into Muscle Intelligence. If you enjoyed today's episode, please be sure to share it with at least one person you know. Make sure you're subscribed so you never miss an episode. This podcast is for information purposes only. The statements and views on this podcast are not medical advice. This podcast, including Ben Pikulski and the producers, disclaim responsibility for any possible adverse effects from the use of information contained herein. Opinions of guests are their own, and this podcast does not endorse or accept responsibility for statements made by guests. This podcast does not make any representations or warranties about guest qualifications or credibility. This podcast may contain paid endorsements or advertisements for products or services. Individuals on this podcast may have a direct or indirect financial interest and products or services referred to herein. If you think you have a medical problem, consult a licensed physician.